What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to West by Pod, podcast about WVU athletics, the Big 12 Conference, and that sweet smell of fall. I'm Joel Bracken at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Pinto at Game Day Shorts. Uh, football is back. Like, we are back. Week zero college football happened. There are games on your television. There are games coming this weekend. How, how is morale, Jordan? Oh, it's it's that time of the year, man. It's that time of the year. The the yeah, I think McAfee said it best on on game day, right? It's just like the food starts tasting a little bit better, your clothes fit better. Everything everything this time of year is uh it, it just uh you know, there's that little extra pep in your step. And uh yeah, I'd loved uh you know, I, I thought I actually I thought it was a noon kickoff, so I'm sitting there at, like, you know, pissed off like is this some kind of like streaming thing that I'm not able to view the game, the Notre Dame Navy game. Um turned out it was a two thirty kick, so everything was fine, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. You know, you watched Notre Dame a little bit, got, got a little taste of Rich Rodriguez, which, you know, is just the, the, the ex-girlfriend, um, looking okay. She's looking okay. You know, go up and say hi and, you know, exchange pleasantries with, uh, with her. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Like USC is not on TV, so you have to watch Florida International, Louisiana Tech for your <laughs> nightcap. Um, but, uh, hey, won't have that problem next Saturday because I know a certain team that's, that's going to be on in prime time um next weekend so you know it's great that's right yeah there's actually a decent slate of uh week one games like you can you can find some stuff obviously uh west virginia penn state is a i mean it's got to be one of the few uh power five versus power five games i mean this is generally a week of just tune-ups there's a couple you know primetime games that are that are ranked versus ranked but um two p5 teams duking it out excited for it but yeah, it is like I, I felt like it's been fall maybe the last ten days. You can almost feel it in the morning. Yep. I mean, it's still been super hot here in Columbus, but um, you know, it you, you can start to like see it a little bit in the evenings or early mornings. I love that feeling. It's my favorite time of year. Um, 
but yeah, I think week zero was was uh, nice. Nothing too exciting. No like upsets. No really big storylines. The only thing I thought was interesting, uh, you know, with the rule change this year, changing uh, you know the amount of running clock. The clock is running more often after first downs. Uh, one thing I saw is an interesting stat. So this is week one possessions per per team per game. So how many possessions is your team going to get? This is based on just week one numbers. The last two years, it's been about 12 and a half a game in week one. This this year, it's a very small sample size, just a handful of games. It was 10.9. So about one and a half possessions less a game for your team. Um, so what I'm telling you is to pound the week one unders is what I'm telling. I'm just, just slipping that out there. Um, whatever college football models you have, maybe you want to make sure you're accounting for the number of drives probably going to be a little bit lower this year. Interesting to see if that's a trend. I mean, obviously there's going to be less, like we know that it's just how much less, um, but a pretty significant change this year. And I wonder, I'm just hypothetically, if that's going to lead to more upsets, like upsets happen with low, with high variance, like, which means low possessions. There's a possession and a half less a game for your team. That's going to be a little more variance in the, in the system. And, um, I think West Virginia is going to win 10 games this year on some, some high variance. So that's right. That's right. That's the lead in. Um, I mean, Hey, honestly, right. It'd be good for college football if we beat Penn state this weekend. Right. I mean, you said it, you know, no upsets week zero. Let's get the excitement going now, dude. Let's just burn the son of a bitch down. Like, like it's 2007. Oh yeah. Um, In state college, you know, like a, a nighttime home game to start the season. Yeah. We need, we need a little road upset to start the season off. Um, but yeah, so in terms of the pod today, well, we finished the deep dive series. We did all of that last week. We had Jake Lance on and and talked through the schedule and some other like fun little topics on uh, WVU football preseason. And uh, well, now we're kind of just into the swing of things. So this is kind of <clears throat> the half. We usually do our, our review preview. And I guess just for, for the future, the, the general structure of the episodes coming out early part of the week. And it is a review of the WVU game. It is a Big 12 recap, briefly. A Big 12 precap, what's going on in the Big 12 coming up. And then the WVU preview. So um, we're left with only half of that. There was no Big 12 action this week. But there is, I imagine, I think every team is in action this week coming forward. Um, so Big 12 precap. There's a lot of like snoozers in here. But any games that catch your eye coming forward uh, for week one, Jordan? Yeah, I think uh, I mean the, the the one that jumps out immediately is is Colorado at TCU. Um, you know, notable obviously prime time Coach Prime's first game um, in charge of of Colorado, so uh, a little bit of interest there, uh, I would imagine. And then you know, I think the line like very respectful to TCU, right? Like, so I mean, it's in it's in Fort Worth, but TCU getting twenty one points. Um, I don't know. Feel, feels feels a little bit high. I don't know what what do you what do you think about that one? Feels high to me too. Um, early season with all the turnover TCU has, I just have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Colorado, you expect them to at least come out strong and confident, and you know, Coach Prime. Like, there's there's a lot of energy there, and to give TCU the 21, like I'm not saying TCU is not going to win, and they won't maybe by a couple scores, but um, I bet that number gets a lot of action, a lot more action than most of these these uh, these lines we have because otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of lines up in the the 20s, even the mid 30s. Yep. And then uh, the only other close game, only other close line is UTSA at Houston. And UTSA is a one point one favorite point there. favorite. Dana, 
Dana just sweating, dude, sitting on the throne down in Houston, just a cold trickle down the back mm-hmm. of the net, seeing the, uh, what is it, the Roadrunners, UTSA? Is that yeah, the Roadrunners. Yeah, seeing the Roadrunners just, just coming over the horizon down there. So, um, yeah, that, that'll that be an interesting. I mean, UTSA is, is like, I feel like they've kind of popped up. Um, them and SMU are, you know, kind of like that, uh, what, second or third tier Texas school who I feel like they've, they've kind of done some stuff in the last handful of years where you're aware of them. So, Mm-hmm. I mean, upset upset alert. I would say. I don't. I mean, I guess it's not really an upset, right? Because they're they're the favorite. But um, that, I mean, good game alert. Like a lot of these alert, are yeah. be good games. That one could be a good game. Texas Tech travels to Wyoming, which is fun. Texas Tech's fourteen point favorites, but um, you know those are two at least FBS schools. Yeah, I, I do believe Sam Houston is now in FBS school. I think newly, like this year, and they play BYU. BYU is a twenty point favorite there. We've talked about how we don't really like BYU, but it's um, what you get when you get the new new FBS team. Yeah, and then, and if you know you're ready for football to start, and I'm sure you will be Thursday night. We get to see UCF in action versus Kent State. They're 36 and a half point favorites. I was but, a little uh, surprised at that as well. That that feels really high. But I mean, I don't again, I know nothing of Kent State, but I know nothing of Kent State. I know that they are what a Mac school. That yeah. is the FBS level. UCF is a bigger favorite over a Mac. UCF just just entered the Power 5 ranks. Is a bigger favorite over Kent State than Oklahoma is over Arkansas State than Texas is over Rice. Um, you know, like there's, they're the biggest favorite actually in the Big Twelve. I guess there's a couple games without lines. Um, but yeah, that'll be Thursday night, and then Kansas, Missouri State on Friday night. So, uh, if you're looking for Big Twelve football, three nights of it this week. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Why not? Yeah, why not? And I think I think it's pretty obvious the best game on the slate, or at least the uh, you know the the most important is West Virginia versus Penn State. Um. So you want to you want to get into some Penn State preview? I would, I would love to. Yeah, let's do to. it. So Penn State and West Virginia, depending on depending on how old you are, you might say this is a rivalry. Um, I'll go ahead and, and expose myself. I was born in 1995. Uh, they have not played in my lifetime. Uh, they they the last meeting was 1992. And also the term of rivalry is is kind of funny because, you know, Penn State is just had it they they have they've won a lot of games versus west virginia they're 48 and 9 with two ties over west virginia all time uh since 1955 west virginia has only won twice in 88 and 84 and they played pretty much every single year in that time span so yep Yep. what what is what is your perception of penn state in terms of like rivals or like do you have family like my mom like i think would probably consider penn state a rival but like Oh yeah, no. So the the older like my uncles, you know, would definitely say that they are. Um, I'll date myself. I'm a 1988 baby, so they have played in my lifetime, but not. Uh, I don't have any re- recollection of of any of the games. So, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I feel like everybody of our generation is kind of baptized in in Penn State a little bit. You know, they're one of the teams that you that you heard about growing up, even though we didn't play them. Um, you know, obviously they're they're a regional school, um, and yeah, no. I mean. Y- y- you know, rivalry is, is used loosely here. I think it's it's more the the geography, and yeah. they were just kind of the team that we couldn't beat, right? So, you know, that builds up and builds up, and that's why 84 and 88 are honestly two of the more famous wins in school history, right? Not even particularly good Penn State teams, but the one in 84 breaks a 27-game losing streak, and then the one in yep. 88 
the undefeated season where we just put it on him at home. You know, Major Harris has the play. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, grew up hearing all, all the stories. Um, would love to make it a thing. Obviously, the last, you know, I, I would say there have been times this century where I would have felt really good about playing them every year. Definitely. Um not so much maybe the last couple of years, maybe not so much this year, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I would love to, I'd love it. You know, if it's a thing we played like, you know, a couple of home and homes every decade, right? Like play, play four mm-hmm. times a decade or something like that. It's definitely a proximity based thing. Like I feel like yeah. Virginia tech was really nationally prominent and we played really important games versus them in my lifetime. Same with Pitt. Um, you know, even like through the, the late two thousands, um, so yeah, the Penn state is definitely like an older generation thing, but, um, cool that they're cool that we're, you know, doing this again. I think yeah. the oh, yeah. 84 game was that, that was the finally game. Like, yeah, that's finally. Yep. Um, I think I talked about that one on the pod earlier in the off season, yeah, but yeah. I, I met the guy golfing who just happened to go to one WVU game ever. And, and it, it was, was that one. Yeah. Yep. And he was filming on the sideline. So, um, so it's an all time story. Yeah. So if you go to uh, the Winsopedia, which is a, a great website to compare college football programs, um, you can compare, you know, how many Heisman's teams have had and, you know, their win loss versus each other and all this stuff. When you pull up the Penn State WVU one, yeah, it is it is quite in favor of the Penn State Nittany Lions. But one thing West Virginia has over Penn State, and I would have never guessed this, West Virginia has won way more conference championships than Penn State. <laughs> WVU's won 15. Penn State's only won four. I think they were independent until like 92, and they've only won four in the Big Ten. So, yeah. Um, West Virginia has done more than that. Coming into this game, Penn State's ranked number seventh in the AP poll. Um, obviously, neither team, this will be the, the have played, this will be the first, first game for both. So, um, we have to go a lot on what happened last year, which is, especially in college football now, is harder than it's ever been because all the transfers and all the stuff. But um, so let, let, let's start when uh, when Penn State has the ball. What what are you seeing on the, the Penn State team that is that is worth mentioning? Uh, so, I, I mean, I think the first thing that we have to talk about is is the running backs, um, right? Katron Allen, uh, Nicholas Singleton. Uh, pair broke out last year's true freshman. I want to say they were they were somewhere between 1,700 and 1,800 yards uh, between the two of them. Um, I think like 19, 19 or 20 touchdowns. So, you know, I mean, talk about a breakout, like a big time breakout season as, as freshmen last year. Now I'd, I'd say coming into this year, they're, you know, one of the, if not the premier backfield uh, in America, I think, you know, I think um, like just looking at the numbers and then, in the, you know, watching, watching some cutups of them playing last year, it seems like uh Catron Allen, probably the more consistent of the two, maybe, maybe a little bit better. Uh, of a running back, um, more well-rounded skill set, but but Singleton is the one who kind of jumps out. Is like, dude, this this guy just outruns angles. Um, you know, it felt like every time he gets in the secondary, he's just heading to the sideline and then heading to the end zone inevitably. So, um, you know, I think like when we're we're talking about like the first thing we need to worry about, it's it's those guys getting the ball. They got the ball a ton last year. You figure with a new quarterback, they're breaking in a new quarterback this year, Drew Aller. Um, they're going to ride the running backs. They're going to ride what they know. Um, and so I think that's that's where you kind of have to start the conversation um, when you're looking at them. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a pretty lethal combo. This was the one-two punch last year, and they're getting them right back. I mean, Sean Clifford, clearly, he contributed last year yeah. in the running game as well. But these guys both averaged over five a carry, uh, 49 runs of over 10 yards, uh, over 300 touches between the two of them, 19 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, this is... 
this is the sure thing on on the Penn State offense yeah. is like this th- this combo is really good and they were really productive last year. Um, you know, the newer thing, the fresher thing on the offense is the quarterback position. Sean Clifford uh, just finished his 12th season at Penn State. Uh, at least it felt like that. <laughs> and uh, Drew Aller's taking over, but you know he's no schmuck. He's a he's a five star guy. Um, you know they have him down as a Josh Allen type in his scouting report. Um, and interested to see how he sort of takes the the stage and a you know this isn't like an FCS warm up game. Penn State is a more talented team, but this isn't like trot out there and and you're going to win no matter what kind of game. So. I think there is an element of pressure for like a first time starter going out there um, and having to handle that. So that, that is probably the one advantage West Virginia has in, on this side of the ball is that, you know, you have a quarterback who's starting for the first time. We actually have a quarterback who has at least started a few games. Yeah. Um, though, you know, I'm sure Drew, Drew Aller is much higher regarded in terms of the recruiting world. But really, should he be, though? I mean, you know, you're talking about Elite 11 finalist Garrett Green here. Um, let's put a little bit of respect on the young man's name, but uh, no, I mean, right? Aller, Aller, if you know, if if five to, if five tool player was a, a thing in football, he's a five tool player. He's like six five two forty. Um, I don't know if he's as athletic as Josh Allen is. I think that's just kind of become uh, yeah. a, a cool thing to to say about big uh, white athletic quarterbacks is that they look like Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, I, I I think the 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 red flags that jump out to me, right? Like this guy has all the talent in the world. Um kind of a low A dot, right? Like you'd expect a bigger guy to be able to to push the ball downfield. His uh average depth of target's only eight point seven. Um kind of a lower completion or sorry, lower um yeah, no, sorry, lower completion numbers. Like I want to say it was like in the in the high fifties, which is, you know, kind of where Garrett Green was, and we're we're talking about him being shaky as a passer. Um so I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's, you know, it's, it's a big stage, right? Like there's going to be 106,000 people in there. Um, this Penn state team, I, uh, you mentioned preseason number seven. I mean, when is the last time that they've gotten that much hype coming into the year? You know, they're always, a yep. they're always ranked, but they, it's not always a top 10 kind of a deal. So, you know, there's a lot of expectations on this team. There's a lot of talent. Um, and yeah, he's the guy where, <laughs> um, you know, the running backs are going to take them so far, but if this team's going to be really good, it's going to be because because of him, right? Like, he's got to mm-hmm. be, be the guy who kind of matches that, provides big plays in the passing game, all that kind of stuff. And conversely, right, like, if the season doesn't go the way that they want it to, it's probably going to be because Drew Aller wasn't quite ready or wasn't quite there. So, um, yeah, bright lights. Bright lights, big stage. Um, Definitely. And, you know, I'll save it for when we, we talk about the keys, but – um, the importance of just like the, the beginning part of the game, like yeah. the angst, um, you know, those first couple plays, they can be like a, uh, like a, a timid energy when you like first start some of these, you know, big, highly anticipated games. We've had months and months talking about the first, you know, live action game. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely expect some nerves. Like fortunately for them, they are at home, um, and do have a great, great fan base, but there are plenty of people, uh, like yourself and Jordan who are traveling to this game and, and will be heard if, uh, things get a little shaky early. So, um, that, that is maybe a, a slight advantage for, for West Virginia, just starting out with a, a newer quarterback. He did play a little bit last year, but you know, this was Sean Clifford's team last season. Um, so otherwise on the offense, the offensive line returning three of five starters, um, and last year, this was a pretty good offensive line. Any uh, anything of note on this offensive line? 
I mean, the one, uh, the guy everybody talks about is Olamuyiwa uh, Fashanu, the left tackle. Um, highest graded dude on the line last year. Highest graded returner, uh, for sure. They're talking about him as a first round draft pick. So, you know, I think he's probably the guy. Um, the rest of these dudes all played, you know, at least, uh, you know, probably between two and 400 snaps. Every, every guy who's back. Um, so, you know, it's only three starters, but it's, it's, it's all guys who contributed last year and they were, they were okay. They were okay. I wouldn't say this is a, a dominant offensive line. You know, nobody's talking about this group up there with like a Michigan or something like that, but, um, they should be fine. There's good running backs behind them. Um, I don't know. I, I think the tight ends are good receivers. Probably all three of the guys who are listed as starters would be starters for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nothing, nothing crazy in either of those rooms. The game changers are the running backs to me. So, agreed. I mean, this is a good team. Like, like not to discount the the quality of the roster, but yeah, the 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 running backs are where I would be worried. Um, and and maybe that's like a good transition to for keys of this side of the ball. So yeah. when Penn State has the ball, what, what's the key for West Virginia? My keys would be that um, the start is just going to be so important in this game. I think like the first quarter, like. You know, don't don't let this become a you know a two or three score game immediately. Like, don't let this quarterback have confidence. Um, would be one, and then sort of my second one would be just just a worry is that I'm worried that this team they've had a lot of success running the ball last year, and I'm worried that if they sense that they can have success running the ball, that they're just going to jam it down our throats. This would not be a good team or a good offense designed to be uh, for us to be down on because they probably are going to be successful running the ball. So I think the beginning of the game is really important. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's one where if you let a couple couple get out the back end, right, it could be, you know, like say 60-yard touchdown or something like that. We come out and go three and out or five and out or something dumb. They get the ball back, right. It could be 14 nothing with like 8.50 left in the first quarter, which would be just an, a fucking disaster. It would be awful. Um, yeah. That would be one of those where, you know, you're questioning your life choices, um, why am, why am I here and not with my family and that kind of stuff? But, um, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, it's just, you, you can't just let them just run up and down the field, get whatever they want. Um, you know, I, I think it's, um, taking good angles. Um, so these dudes, uh, the, the running backs combined, they forced 80 missed tackles, uh, as a duo last year. So, um, you know, we've heard, we've heard a lot. So far this fall, one of the things that has been harped on repeatedly, we're going live every day in practice and tackling, right? This was a big issue for us last year. We're going to know right away whether or not it pays off, right? If we come out and just, like, make these dudes drive, like, I mean, who knows what can happen, right? You mentioned the clock's going to be running, like, pretty soon. You know, shit, it could be mid-second quarter. It's 7-3 to three or something like that, right? That's And that's the kind of game that we want to be in is a game like that where – even if we we end up punting the ball, we run eight plays and run four minutes off the clock um, before we punt it. So, yep. Um, yeah, I just think you, you just can't let them hit home runs, especially early in the game, like you said. Yep. Yeah, don't want to give the young quarterback confidence, and uh, yeah, just want to want to stay in this thing as long as we can on this side of the ball. I mean, last year this was the twenty first ranked offense in beta rank. They're returning a hundred or they're one hundredth in the country in returning production. So. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of that is coming from Sean Clifford, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely the concern on this, this group would be the running backs. So if we, uh, if we flip the field, so now West Virginia having the ball, um, the Penn state defense, they, they were very good last year. Um, they were fourth in beta rank effective defense. That is a 
metric that is scaled based on um, your opponent. So that is opponent adjusted. They were fourth in the country. They are 24th in defensive returning production. So they're getting the bulk of those guys back. And I think the big thing to point out from last year is they were the number one team in beta rank negative drives. Um, so that is the uh, the big scary thing up front for the uh, the Penn State defense. It's a uh, it's a very big, impressive statistical profile. Um, you know, I think, and, and they probably are this good, right? They probably are. Um, but like one of the things I can't help but no, I can't help but be this guy, right? I'm not even sure that I believe this um, because I don't. I mean, it's not going to matter unless we're good either way. But like you look at some of these teams Penn State played last year, um, right? Like the average Big Twelve offense, um, and like if you if, if you ex- yeah, it's, it's it's sorry, Big Ten offense. Um, it's it's not a whole lot to write home about, man. You know, like I mean, if you're just looking and and I don't usually just subscribe to traditional statistics, but just looking at points per game, yards per game, West Virginia would have been the third best offense that they played last year, like objectively, right? Just and we were not good. Um, so red flag to me. Second red flag. If you exclude Michigan and Ohio State, the average offense that Penn state played in conference last year, averaged 355 yards and 23 points per game. If that was a team that would have ranked like 96th in yards per game and like 101st in points per game. Right. So that's the average team that Penn state's playing in conference last year. And then, so that's a second red flag, final red flag, Michigan, Ohio state, the only two objectively good offenses that they played both hung 40 points on them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I hate to be this guy because, again, like, I'm not sure if we're good. Like, are you know, we're better than the, than a lot of the teams that they played offensively. Are we are we good enough for it to matter? I don't know. But, like, it's like the chicken and egg. I mean, are, are, do these offenses look shitty or are they, they not gaining yards and not scoring points because all the defenses in the Big Ten are good? Um, or is it the other way around? I don't know. Um, I'm not even sure if I really believe this. Just wanted to, uh, you know, poke some holes in the this is like the greatest defense of all time thing. They probably are that good. They probably are. And it's going to suck. Um, but I don't know. Things hey, are, I'm, we're I'm here about. for it. We're here to talk so we can be the, be those guys. That's right. So I, no, it's worth that, thinking that, about. That, no, it is worth thinking about because when you look at their schedule last year, and, and we did talk about this, if you would like it, maybe a more in-depth um, or, I mean, I don't know, some similar level, but... Um, kind of cracking the the seal on Penn State this year when we did our deep dive on them. Um, you know, one thing we talked about the schedule was they played two good teams and it was Penn, it was uh, Michigan and Ohio State. They got beat by a couple possessions and pretty much every other game they played last season they they won by a few possessions. Like they were in that like um, what was it West Virginia like 2016 sort of range where it was like you can't beat the Oklahoma schools but you're better than everyone else definitively and it's just you're there that's where you are purgatory uh-huh. just a third rate program is Penn State yeah. I mean hey you know it's okay it's nothing wrong with that I would I would love to be a third rate program in the Big Ten right now it is an interesting thing because they are almost always the third best team in the in the Big Ten and Ohio State and Michigan are like a full you know tier above them. So, yeah, they have kind of been stuck in that position for, for what seems like a while. Um, but, yeah, this defense, I mean, last year they were, they were pretty nasty on uh, generating pressures. Um, you know, the negative drive statistic or metric is sort of a explanation of moving, moving you backwards, forcing turnovers, um, and just generally bad things happening to you when you get the ball. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. Like, so, so 
Um, negative drives, it's not exactly the same as Havoc Rate, but like a lot of the same stuff goes into it, right? You know, uh, so Havoc Rate's tackles for loss, um, passes defended, and forced fumbles divided by total plays faced. Penn State had a 24% Havoc Rate last year, so like literally one, one out of every four plays that they faced, they are either getting a tackle for loss, breaking up a pass, or forcing a fumble, which is fucking crazy. West Virginia was at 12% last year, for reference. Oh. So like literally... We were one out of every eight plays. Are we doing that? They're doing a one out of every four plays. Um, and, and yeah, no, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the nature of how they play, right? Like they got, um, they run a ton of man-to-man. They run more man-to-man than any team in the Big 12. So that's one thing to uh, to keep an eye on, right? They're, they're, they put their dudes on an island on the outside. And when you have NFL guys, you have Joey Porter Jr., you have Kalen King uh, this year. You can do that, and it's fine. And then, you know, they have the NFL dudes off the edge. So, Right. First down, you lose one yard. Now it's second and 11. They send a blitz. Okay. Now it's third and maybe you gain a yard, but you know, it's third and 10. They man up and just pin their ears back. And like, that's, that's the whole defense, right? Like that's what they're trying to do to you. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot. Uh, they, they have dudes at all three levels, right? Like they have dudes at all three levels, chop Robinson, um, what Abdul Carter, uh, Kaling Kang, um, there, there's there are a lot of guys on this defense who are going to be in the NFL at some point. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the talent is definitely on this team. Um, Chop Robinson was almost a 90 PFF grade last season. 40 pressures. Um, Adisa Isaac also on the edge. Really good player. Um, yeah. Abdul Carter in the linebacking uh, core, and he's all Big Ten preseason. Um, they got guys everywhere. The cornerbacks are good. And, and you know, sort of my key for when West Virginia has the ball. Um, maybe, maybe a kind of a similar theme of like, we just got to get into this game, like settle in, stay on schedule. Just like getting down early is going to be a nightmare because this team is going to be able to run the ball when they have it. And when we have it, like you said, they're going to just, if they're expecting pass or whatever, like they're comfortable enough and mad, they're going to send blitz and, and sort of like, you know, can Garrett Green handle that? Garrett Green is going to have a massive test. This might be, or probably is the best team we're going to play all season yep. until until the national semis. So, um, you know, I think I think just not being one dimensional, creative play calling, um, sort of sort of all that wrapped up together is just like you got to be careful to not be moving backwards. You got to be careful because like one one play can stall a drive, and this this team or this defense is like really good at generating that one play that can mm-hmm. oh a sack at second and sixteen, the drive's over. Like yeah. they. They got you where they want you. Yeah, they were they were the best in the country at that last year. Um, so I mean, you know, if we're looking for for two causes for you know two things to hang your hat on, reasons for hope, whatever you want to say, like this is this is me uh, spiking the blue and gold Kool Aid here, um, right? Uh, on paper, that should be what our offense is best at, right? Mm-hmm. Is gaining three or four yards every play, um, keeping everything, and you know second and six, third and five kind of, kind of range where green, green can hurt you with, you know, the, the whole playbook's open. We can run it. We can throw it. Green can run it or throw it. Um, we, we got to stay in that, in that kind of a zone. I looked at, I charted their, their third downs last year. Um, and I want to say it was like a 20% difference, like third and six and fewer and third and seven and longer. I want to say it was like 23% for conversions on third and seven and longer, like 43 or 44 so, I mean, that just tells you the whole story right there, right? Like yep. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay, stay in manageable. Um, hopefully, I mean, again, this, this should be something we're good at. 
the other uh, the other thing, um, so I, I blew up our Discord about this the other day. There's no running quarterbacks in the Big Ten, right? So Garrett Green is a skill set that Penn State does not see often. Um, you know, it didn't always matter. I, I mean, I, well, I guess I don't know. We, we don't know if it matters because the teams that tried to run the ball in Penn State last year did not have this element. Like, Garrett Green had, like, two fewer carries than J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy led the Big Ten. Um among quarterbacks last year on like, on like 300 more snaps, like, you know, JJ McCarthy only had two more carries. So, um, and then scrambles, uh, like scrambles hurt Penn state bad last year. Um, yep. if you look at all the games, like average, you know, between seven and a half and eight, eight yards of scramble. Um, so possible opportunity for the good guys. I don't know, maybe a little feather in the cap, but I think, know? I think that's a great point because irrational upside is, you know what running quarterbacks love man defense. That's what like, I was going to say. Dude's turning their back and running down the field. You know, he gets through the initial pass rush and who the hell, like he's fast enough, good enough athlete to, to house it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like there, there are going to be like third and medium, third and longs where it might be Garrett green, broken play legs is the best option. Like, Yes. But but if but you know if they're braining seven dudes or something and everyone's got their back turned if he can beat the first guy around the edge you know something like that that's I mean like let's let's not kid ourselves it's going to take some plays like that to win this game but um, yeah that that is like maybe a soft spot that I, I kind of saw as well where it's like if uh, if there's anything there's going to be some of those broken plays I don't think this is a um, if I'm going in and I'm designing the game plan for the offense, it is a stay on schedule, get four four yards a, a down kind of offense. It's not like chunk plays. We're not throwing the ball deep every you know every down or whatever. Like it, it is like stay on schedule and and you got to take the breaks when they come. Um, and that's my rational upside. If these things go right, we're going to be able to run the ball and hopefully you know run it through the through the second half. And then you know Garrett Green, I'm just so excited, nervous um to see what the passing game looks like i mean we've talked about it ad nauseum we have no receivers who caught balls last year like they're they're most of them are all gone um we have a quarterback who is limited in his downfield passing at least he was last year what what have we cooked up what have we have we gotten creative have we figured out schemes have we figured out route combinations like what have we found that that we feel comfortable with because you can't be one-dimensional and you know if they're going to load the box and put seven eight dudes in there say we'll play man on the on the sides beat us like i don't know if i love our odds there it's it's got to be just enough to keep them honest and, and hopefully some creative creativity mixed in there and you know what and if we can't scheme dudes open against man coverage then we don't deserve to be competitive in the game and and, and our coaching staff probably frankly doesn't deserve to continue to be our coaching staff like you know i mean there are like the man beater is a is a football uh jargon Right. So like there are there are plays out there. There should be opportunities, especially like you factor in the run threat. Right. Like RPO. Right. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you just have man on the outside, read the high safety on the on the short or on the near side of the field, throw the slant RPO. We see it a thousand times every weekend across college football in the NFL like that exact play. So, um, yeah, I mean. Got it. Just, just bless his little heart, right? Like, I hope it, it's it's just like Drew Aller. Like, come out, get him some easy throws, dude. Get the confidence get rolling with the young man. Yep. Get some bootlegs. Like, hey, Garrett, the first read's not there. Go get six yards with your feet. Like, just yeah. stuff to get him comfortable. Get get that first hit in. Like, just yeah. just get into the game. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's going to be crazy. I mean, you know, like it's going to be a crazy atmosphere and just crazy. Stay in the game. Like, 
you know, I don't want to get the ball second and we're already down seven nothing and the crowd's going crazy. Like, you know, those are the scenarios. It's like just get through the first quarter and it still be a one possession game and then let's go from there. Let's just just not get like housed immediately. And I think, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. All right, so so question for you. You get one position group on West Virginia that is going to play the best game of their season. Which position group are you picking for this game? Uh, offensive line. Offensive line. Just just set the tone. This is great, road grade. Keep it close. Yeah, like just completely, you know, take the game over uh, when we have the ball to the point where, you know, we're we're running clock. We're, we're grinding out drives. We're getting threes and sevens. Um, even if we're not completely keeping pace, you know, there's no way that we're, we're not competitive if the offensive line just takes the game over. Yeah. My, mine would be, maybe this is cheating, but I would say like front seven run defense. Like if we could take the run away enough that it's like, you have to pass to beat us. Not that our passing defense wasn't one of the worst in the country last year, but Hey, young quarterback, you have to beat us with your arm. Like I like those odds. That's that's better than the you know than the other way around. So, um, yeah, I mean, big time games. You need uh, need guys to step up. Hopefully, uh, seven months of uh, festering on what happened last season. Hopefully, oh the uh, are you getting are you feeling the? Hopefully, the I can't uh, believe it's here. It's it's yeah. it's happening, man. We've seen it's the clips out of camp. You know the uh, the hyping up. They picked us fourteen. All you got to say is fourteen. Um, you know. Hopefully some of that stuff is is ready to pop on field. Hopefully we learn some new names of guys ready to go. Hopefully we don't know who our best receiver is yet. You know, like those sort of things where it's like th- these are like opportunities. There are like um there are there are spots on the roster that are still wide open. There are positions and playing time to be earned and like hopefully we come out and at least in our review we have a couple of dudes to talk about who are like this guy's ready to go. Dude, if if Traylon if Traylon Ray just like Man up, Kalen King down the sideline, just straight up fucking mosses this guy. It's gonna they, you're gonna have to get a fire department to to fucking douse me. I'm gonna be on M- the field. NBC cuts to you, and <laughs> I'm gonna be on the field if that happens. So, um, yeah, no, I, like, right, yeah, we just want. Oh man, CJ and Jalen were as good as we thought they were. Like, we lost by two touchdowns, but CJ and Jalen were fucking awesome. Uh, you know, Gallagher made a play. Traylon Ray made a play. Um, the secondary made some plays. That would be that would be cool. Secondary yep. made like I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say they made zero plays the entire season last year. I think um, it rounds to zero. Yeah, rounds to zero. So like, if the secondary can make some plays, that would be cool. Like, right, yep. break up some passes, do do some shit. I I just love early season sports. Um, <laughs> you don't know who it is. You don't know who's going to be good. You don't. You you can. Uh, you're allowed to be optimistic. Your dreams aren't crushed. Like how fun last year we lost the game, but how fun was like the CJ Donaldson coming out party? Like yeah. who was talking about CJ Donaldson like at that level before that game? Um, hopefully there's dudes like that who pop out um, next week. So. Dude, no, I, dude, I still, I still remember, right? Like, I'm sitting in the stadium, and like, we've heard whispers about CJ, and yeah, then like, like the first carry is like 45 yards, and it's just like I'm looking at my buddies, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, like people around you in the crowd, they're like, who is that? Twelve? Who wears twelve? I don't even know a twelve. Yeah, but well, he no, wearing four this year. That's how many <laughs> touchdowns he's gonna score next weekend. I hope so, man. Hey, it's just you know, you're allowed to enjoy things. You're allowed to be excited about your team. That's right. And you're allowed to be hopelessly optimistic on uh, game day. 
Um, so hopefully uh, the Mountaineer fans show out in Happy Valley. I know you're excited about it, Jordan. I can't wait to hear the report back. Dude, it's a, it's a no-lose, right? Like, either it goes as expected, or it's one of the great nights of my life. And I <laughs> have to figure out how to return home to, to, to being a mild-mannered dad after that. Yeah, no, I feel like you gotta you gotta be there just in case. I feel like I've gone to many right. uh, many Mountaineer games that you go just in case, and just in case it's so the one. Especially all the makings, man, all the makings for a special weekend. It would be, it would be awesome. Um, so, dude, I'm pumped. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to do. Is there what what are the lines and the over unders? Just to indulge. Uh, the, so, oh the yeah. Bit. So we're we're twenty. I think it's twenty and a half. Uh, twenty okay. and a half point dog right now. And then I think the, I saw the over under is like fifty two and a half. Which I don't know if that's low enough. Where I feel like the possession and the half that we're seeing with the running clock is going to make that big of a difference, right? Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. If it comes anywhere near the over, it's probably not great for us. It's probably like a like a thirty four to twenty seven. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really like either of them. I had a free bet, so I put it on us for the money line. Um, yeah, I'd like to think we can cover three touchdowns. I'd yeah, like to think I mean, we could do that. It's so hard in games like these where it's like they're the better team, and it's like if we play them to a touchdown all game, and then they score twice in the final eight minutes, and it, you know it busts. Like those, yeah. those are the kinds of scenarios I feel like always come up because Vegas always knows um, their their data modelers are are quite good at their job. Um, so it would seem. Yep. They're very good. So I think 52 it's two and a half. 52 and a half is. Mm. So that is like, uh, you know, if it was a close Thir- game, like 31, 24 or something like that. Right. 31, yeah. Some 31, 24 is too much. Yeah. Right now, 27, 24 or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, that could be in the range. You know, it's, it's like early season games, too. It's like there's always some jitters. There's always some mistakes. You know, the pick game last year was what? 31, 24. Um, I think so 3831 3831 30, 30, maybe yeah um something something in that range but look it up now um yeah I don't know it's it's hard to predict I mean clearly we're just talking about these teams based on last season but uh we're getting our first data point so we'll learn a lot and uh super super pumped man I Can't just wait, man college football is the best it's just the best stop ruining it everybody Jesus. Seriously, enjoy it while while it's still like mostly what it is. Um cuz cuz it definitely is changing. But I need this in my life, man. <laughs> Don't do this to me. It's all that I have. No. But all right. Well, shit. Hey, let's go do it. Why not? Why not us? Nothing to lose. Exactly. Let's go. That's right. 14. That's all you got to remember. Um 14. All right. So that that that's gonna wrap us up, I think. So we are this is West by Pod. Um, we are gonna be doing our review preview every week, breaking down last week's game, getting you ready for the following week's game, and talking Big 12 stuff. You can find us on smokingmusket.com. You can find us on Twitter slash X at West by Pod with underscores, um, at WV Stats Guy, at Game Day Shorts. Um, if you aren't in the Smoking Musket Discord, you really should get in there for for football season. It's super fun to watch games with your your fellow Mountaineers and uh, shoot the shit in there and complain about the refs and the play calling and, and all the good stuff. So um, it's a good place. It's like watching it with all your 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 closest friends watching the same game. So get in the Smoking Musket Discord as basketball season gets closer. Make sure you're checking out Unreasonable Doubt for all your WVU hoops news. 
Big guest coming up this week, right? Is that right? I don't want to spoil who it is, but I think he. Yeah. I, think, I think he actually got a pretty nice pool for for this next episode. Yeah. No, it looked pretty cool. Definitely, definitely check out um, check out Josh. He's he's got a good pod going. Um, really, really like that one. So, um, anything else I'm not thinking of, Jordan? Nope. Let's go. All right. All right. Well, let's go, Mountaineers. We'll uh, recap the win next week, and we'll see you here. All right. Take care, guys. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.